worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. Today, the president of Canadian Western Agribition outlines the one sale being held this year after the show was cancelled due to the coronavirus. The sale goes tomorrow in Moose Jaw. We have our usual Friday look at grain markets this week, with wheat and canola showing small increases. Agriculture ministers hold another virtual meeting today. The vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture discusses the effort to make improvements to agri-stability. Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan honors Tiffany Martinka. Martinka. The Grain Commission confirms three related companies are in receivership. And the Cattlemen's Association Youth Mentorship Program is highlighted. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Canadian Western Agribition holds its one and only sale tomorrow in Moose Jaw. Agribition has been cancelled due to the coronavirus. However, the Agribition Commercial Cattle Exhibitor Sale is being held in Moose Jaw in conjunction with Johnstone's Auction Mart tomorrow, featuring almost 200 head. Agribition President Chris Lees says COVID-19 has had a major impact on the annual livestock show in Regina, which usually attracts over 120,000 people. Well, it has certainly created a huge impact on agribition. I mean, we are a, a world-class event and we rely strictly on uh, international people and our national people being there. And um, without them, without our exhibitors, it's a, it's a huge impact to the city of Regina and to the province of Saskatchewan and the agriculture industry. It's a challenge indeed. Agribition has come up with some interesting ideas. They've got a sale this coming Saturday. Yes, we were able to put a commercial sale together with the help of Johnstone Auction Market and Moose Jaw. And of course, you know, we're going to follow all the rules and regulations of COVID-19, but we're, we're certainly looking forward to it and, you know, being able to help some of these commercial breeders market some of their cattle that they're used to doing over the past 49 years. Aggravation is too inter- many interesting concepts to help cover off uh, the COVID-19 issue and problem. You're helping with uh, uh, some producers do some virtual marketing around the world, I understand. Correct. They've got a program put together where, you know, producers can do some virtually marketing and it's certainly that is able to help international people and and our and our local breeders you know follow along at their breeding programs and and uh where they're at today so chris i understand agribition also got a shareholder type program you're going to be selling shares uh, early in the new year yes we're putting together a program where you can uh, buy shares with agribition and uh what that do will give you benefits in um you know reduced entry fees and 
um, you know, a discount in merchandise, etc., that you'll be able to buy um, through your share program for the life of you and your share. Chris Lees of Arcola is the president of Regina's Canadian Western Agribition. There are some small gains in wheat and canola prices this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo says canola is up $7 a ton and wheat two cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off, it uh, was a slightly shorter week given that yesterday there was U.S. Thanksgiving, so all grain markets were closed. However, on the canola front, uh, canola on the January contract is approximately $7 a ton higher so far on the week. Uh, Today, gaining uh, about $7 of that. So otherwise, without today, uh, this gain right now would be more flat on the week. Uh, Not the same, though, for for wheat. Uh, Minneapolis wheat is uh, up approximately two cents a bushel on the week. So uh, wheat is uh, still not finding any strength compared to uh, some of these other grains like uh, soybeans and and corn. What's the factors pushing up the prices a little bit this week? Well, starting off on kind of the soybean side of things, uh, you know, the soy markets do remain vulnerable to increase kind of long liquidation. Um, Traders are kind of awaiting more longer term weather forecasts. um, And there's some potential wetter weather ahead. So that could definitely cause the soy markets to go down. However, uh, on Wednesday this week, uh, soybeans really opened higher and actually tested the contract highs. Um, So the market does still remain bullish, but there is some kind of talk about uh, possible profit taking here at some point, given the kind of the overbought signals. And that I would say is definitely kind of the the factor to watch for the canola market as well too. Um, If kind of the soy complex does have a bit of a downturn, canola could fall as well. Again, however, you know, at uh, Malaysian palm oil prices, you know, it hit an eight-year high uh, kind of last week. And, uh, you know, I have been in a little bit of a downward trend here now, but it's still still supportive. And that's where, you know, I am still seeing positive outlook for canola. But given, you know, at the outlook right now, there could still be some short-term pullbacks to, to keep in mind. Yeah. That, what's the market outlook next week and beyond? Well, next week, kind of one thing I'm going to be watching for the week market is that there does seem to be some uh, weak technical action and the short-term supply does seem to be kind of burdensome actually on the wheat side of things. So uh, I am going to be seeing if wheat can hold some of levels that I'm watching here. Uh, otherwise, there might not be some positive news there. And uh, again, on the, the soybean, canola, even corn side of the market, those are, I would say, more of the commodities that are looking still bullish from a chart perspective. However, uh, again, short-term uh, pullbacks here could be expected. Adam Piccolo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Um. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Agriculture ministers face a challenge today in hammering out improvements to the Agri-Stability Farm Support Program. 
Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says there are differing opinions among the federal provincial ministers on enhancements to agri-stability. He says Saskatchewan is concerned about the cost and wants Ottawa to make temporary changes to the usual 60-40 federal provincial cost share. The vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, Keith Curry, says agri-stability needs to be adjusted. Well, the consistent ask that we've had is to uh, get the trigger uh, back up to the 85% level uh, where, where it originally was and, and re- the removal of the reference margin uh, limits. And that would certainly make the program more attractive for, for people to participate in because the way it sits right now with a, with a 70% trigger, realistically it pays 70% of 70%, which means 49%. Uh, really is what you're looking at. So you have to have a 51% loss in income year over year to actually even qualify for for a payout. And, you know, I don't know any business out there, whether it's in agriculture or other, that, that would look at that as a really viable type of program that they want to invest a premium, insurance program that they want to invest a premium in of their own money uh, to get that kind of return. So getting that trigger back up to the 85% level where it was uh, prior to Minister Ritz removing it uh, back in 2012, I believe it was, uh, certainly is a good start, and, and, and the removal of, of the limit is, is something we've been asking for. So if we get that, I think then farmers would have the confidence to invest in that program. And, I mean, ideally what we want is to never have to use it. It's kind of like car insurance or, or house insurance. You have it because you, you need it there, but you hope that you never have to use it. And that's what, the way we're looking at stability as well. Curry says the CFA does not have a cost-share ratio in mind, federally, provincially, but does not expect Ottawa to be willing to make any shift from 60-40 because of tight finances during COVID-19. Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan announced this week at their annual Cultivating Trust Conference the winner of the 2020 Champion Award is Tiffany Martinka. Each year, the Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan Champion Award recognizes a recipient who has engaged consumers about agriculture and worked to build public trust in farming and food. Martinka and her husband and family own and operate a grain and broiler chicken farm in northeast Saskatchewan. She's a participant in the Chicken Farmers of Canada's Young Farmers Program and has worked on numerous collaborations with the Chicken Farmers of Saskatchewan, Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan and Canadian Food Focus to provide consumers with more information on how their food is grown. She has a strong presence on social media where she shares openly about family life on the farm, production practices, food safety measures and the challenges of farming. Martinka posted a thank you video and says she feels very honoured to be selected for the award. It can take a lot of work to create content and open up about your farm and your family life and every so often I stop to reflect and ask myself is it worth it to, uh, is it worth all this work to open up and share and every time I ask myself that question the answer is always yes. I believe we belong to one of the greatest industries in the world. We also have one of the best, some of the best people who belong to this industry. And we have such a good news story to tell in agriculture. So I feel compelled to share that story. And I want to share the beauty of the family farm with everybody.
Clinton Monchuk, Executive Director for Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, says they're pleased to recognize champions like Tiffany for their annual award and added consumers today have very few opportunities to visit farms or speak directly to farmers. And that means that the work that Tiffany does to share her story is vital to building public trust in Canadian food. Farm and Food Care say they work to address consumer questions and inspire more confidence in Saskatchewan farmers and in Saskatchewan-grown foods. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Alexandra Posadsky. She is a telecom re- reporter with the Globe and Mail. Alexandra, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Uh, you wrote a piece this week in the Globe. Very, very important topic. It, I, I think a lot of our audience in rural Canada and rural United States very, very interested in this topic. And it's all to do with low Earth orbit LEO satellite systems. What exactly is this technology? So LEO satellites or LEOs, as they're sometimes called, are basically satellites that are orbiting uh, quite close to the Earth. So in comparison to geostationary or geo satellites, which are much higher up, um, these LEO satellites are significantly closer to the Earth and therefore um, they're able to potentially get faster download speeds for uh, internet connections and lower latency, uh, which is a delay um, between when a signal is sent up to the satellite and then gets beamed back down to an internet user. Um, so that's referred to as latency. And having lower latency service um, just allows for a better user experience. The title of your piece, Internet Everywhere, but at a cost, uh, it talks about how this is actually a much more competitive landscape than I, I was definitely aware of. Of course, I think a lot of people that have been following this are familiar with Elon Musk and his push to be one of the leaders. But there's a number of companies on the U.S. and Canadian side trying to, I guess, get their foot in the door and be a leader. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a very competitive space. Um, you're right that a lot of people are most familiar with the Starlink project, which is a project underway by SpaceX. Um, they're quite far ahead in terms of having already launched more than 700 satellites into orbit, but that's still a small number of the total number of satellites that they're planning to launch. Um, but then there's these other initiatives. There's Telesat, which is based out of Ottawa, um, there's OneWeb, which is a UK-based player, um, and Amazon has its own proposal uh, called Project Cooper, um, which is also in the works. And, and those are just some of the main ones. There are other smaller companies in this space as well. Well, as people across rural Canada and the U.S. get more and more frustrated with the gap in, rural, in, in internet broadband speeds, uh, of course, People in, in urban areas, the, the speeds seem to get faster and faster, and, and everybody living in rural areas still kind of, really kind of disappointed. So what, what kind of internet speeds are we potentially talking about if one or multiple of these companies are, are, are able to deliver it to the marketplace? 
Um, I mean, that's a great question, and it really depends on the specific proposals. So all of the plans are all slightly different. Um, and one of the challenges, of course, is that, um, you know, it's a new technology. And so it's hard to know at this point with certainty sort of exactly how good the service uh, could potentially be. Um, although SpaceX has done some uh, early testing, I guess, through some of their employees are are doing some uh, some early tests of the service, and they're saying that the speeds that they're getting are quite fast, and the latencies are quite low um, enough to enable people to play um, video games, for example. I, your piece laid out very clearly that this is there's a lot of opportunity here, but this is a topic, this is a technology. Although it sounds great, it is not short of challenges. U.S. telecom regulator, the FCC, has flagged that they're just not convinced that these satellite operators are going to be able to deliver a low latency service even with these LEO satellites. So the current geostationary satellites that are in operation, we know, do have a much higher latency um, than what people um, in urban areas would get through, say, a fiber connection. So... Definitely, that's an area of concern, but um, I mean, the operators have said that they don't agree and that they have this sort of early evidence to suggest that they will be able to achieve the sort of sub 100 millisecond latency that the FCC is looking for. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. There. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, partly cloudy. Wind west 20, the high today, plus 3, the low minus 5. Saturday, partly cloudy. 30% chance of flurries late in the afternoon. Wind west 20 increasing to 40, gusting to 70 near noon. Then becoming northwest 60, gusting to 80. The high Saturday plus 2. The wind chill minus 11, the low minus 11. Sunday sunny, the high minus 3, the low minus 7. Monday sunny, temperature steady around minus 3. Tuesday increasing cloudiness and windy, the high 0, the low minus 9. Wednesday, sunny, the high zero, the low minus six. Thursday, sunny, the high near plus four. Normal high for the state minus five, the normal low minus 16. The sun rose at 8.32 this morning. It sets at 5.01 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at plus five. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, minus 12. Estevan is plus two. Saskatoon minus four, Swift Current plus two, Weyburn plus three, Yorkton is plus one. In Regina with partly cloudy skies, it's zero, that's 32 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest 22. Humidity 76%, the barometer rising 101.3. Sunny and Moose Jaw, zero. Winds are from the west-southwest at 28. Once again, Regina partly cloudy and zero, that's 32 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. 
The Canadian Grain Commission says three related grain companies have been placed into receivership. Grain Commission Communications Manager Remy Gosselin says a receiver has been appointed for CanPulse Foods, Global Grain Canada and the parent company Globeways Canada. CanPulse operates a facility in Kindersley and Gosselin says the agency has insurance to cover unpaid farmer deliveries up to $6.5 million. That's for CanPulse Foods. What I can confirm, uh, Jim, is as of uh, November 19th, uh, 2020, the companies were placed into receivership and BDO Canada Limited has now been appointed as the uh, receiver. I can also confirm um, that the CGC holds security in the form of a payables insurance policy uh, that's been underwritten by GCNA uh, in the following amounts. So $6.5 million for Campos Foods, $1.25 million for uh, Global Grain uh, Canada, and $50,000 for uh, Globe Ways Canada. So uh, in terms of where we're at with our process, uh, we have started our claims process to determine uh, liabilities and to determine if um, adequate security levels uh, are in place to cover outstanding liabilities uh, to producers. So do you know how much producers are owed at the various facilities, for example, the one in Kindersley? Uh, we're still working on that. Uh, at this point, uh, I would say that we're not as alarmed with the situation as we were initially. Um, uh, based on the claims that have come forward, we still have not made a final determination on whether or not uh, there's sufficient security in place to cover all eligible claims, but certainly the situation looks uh, much better. I'd also like to confirm or uh, that what's been said out there publicly regarding Global Grain Canada. And, uh, you know, we're aware that some producers demanded the return of their grain for unpaid the deliveries at Global Grain Canada at the uh, primary elevator in, in Plum Coulee, Manitoba. And this is the first time in uh, recent memory that producers have exercised their right to the return of grain uh, on this magnitude. So we consider this to be a good news story in that we believe that the company has returned uh, the majority of its inventory to producers who hold uh, outstanding elevator receipts. As it relates to the Camp Pulse Foods plant, we're not aware of any grain retrieved uh, by producers, but it doesn't sound like they were taking on many producer uh, liabilities over these uh, last few months. And you also have $6.5 million in insurance coverage for CanPulse. Correct, correct. So so certainly uh, there was significant security in place for that, that facility in particular. You, you know, as it relates to producers um, retrieving the grain, I just wanted to point to something uh, important in terms of protections that are afforded under the Canada Green Act. So it, under Section 2 of the Canada Green Act, the holder of an elevator receipt is entitled to the delivery of grain of the same kind, grade or quantity as referred to in the elevator receipt. So this is an important protection that's available to producers under the Canada Grain Act. And we're glad that producers were able to exercise that right uh, as it relates to uh, Global Grain and Plum Coulee. One more thing, and this is something I'd love to repeat, Jim, and I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but uh, producers who want to reduce the risk of non-payment are consistently advised by the Grain Commission to ask for payments on delivery and to cash their checks and uh, nowadays electronic payments upon receipt. And if you don't do that as a producer, it's nothing more than lending your money to your grain company.
Have there been a lot of claims coming in from the CanPulse plant and from the other facilities? Uh, claims have been coming in. I can't confirm the numbers. Uh, they're continuing to come in, and, and the claim period will close soon at the end of November. So if producers have still not come forward with their claims, we're, we're strongly urging them to do so. The window is, is uh, closing soon. Remy Gosselin is the communications manager for the Canadian Grain Commission. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association is involved with a youth mentorship program. Sixteen young cattle producers are being paired up with a mentor for the next nine months. Leadership Coordinator Jessica Giles says the program is rewarding. Our mentors and mentees are encouraged to connect about once every two weeks throughout this nine-month mentorship. So whether that's uh, on the phone, email, you know, probably lots of virtual Zoom meetings this year, and um, if possible, to meet up in person. So um, in the past, we've had pairs attend industry events together, mentors host tours of their businesses or operations, and uh, much more. So some of the different focus areas this year that some of the mentorships are focusing on is, you know, the business management of a cow-calf operation, uh, industry policy, learning about building public trust, uh, grazing management, and we've even got one exploring the final stages of beef production and building a deeper understanding of the various segments moving all the way from harvest to retail. So uh, there's lots of different areas and, you know, it'll be neat to see how these partnerships go and what the CYLs are learning along the way. Giles says both the mentors and the youth find the effort very beneficial. We often hear that feedback and they really enjoy that experience of being able to reach back and lend a hand to this up-and-coming generation and we've even got a handful of mentors this year who've been involved in the program in previous years and I guess it it just puts a smile on your face you know when you ask these people if they'd be interesting interest in helping again and they're just so willing to give back so I think it it speaks to hopefully their experience previous and we're lucky to have them back and certainly thankful for all of our mentors. The Cattlemen's Youth Mentorship Program has been around for about a decade. To find more about it visit cattlemensyoungleaders.com. The Highways Ministry in Saskatchewan says winter wait season started today for a number of secondary highways in this province. Highways Minister Joe Hargrave says winter waits allow trucks to carry more cargo in Saskatchewan with frozen roads. Winter waits are put in place each year from about mid-November to mid-March. Typically, winter waits allow truckers to carry up to 15 to 20 percent more payload on secondary highways. Truckers are encouraged to check with highways about the latest restrictions. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboy and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra had some upward movement in early morning trading. Canola gained 360 at 527.27. Number one red spring wheat rose $1.33 at 23458. The rest unchanged. Durham 293.95. Feed barley 
209.70. Flax, 693.37. Lentils, 594.50. Oats, $206.53. Yellow peas, 334.89. And feed wheat, 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures went up 5 cents at 548.5 cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report Heartland here in Moose Jaw. 2,900 calves on Tuesday, just an under 500 cows and bulls on Thursday. couple of thousand expected here for Tuesday, December 1st, pre-sort. This cow market much the same, but it'll be a little stronger on these top, top-end cows, the good cows, 63 to 71. Sales rate up to 74.50. The good Shelly, or the Shelly cows, 50 to 62. Lake calves sold stronger to man this week. Heavier calves, they look like they're fully steady. Here's what happened. Some 497 weight Semmental cross steers and one owner's 235 and a quarter. 540 weight blacks at 223 and 75. 590 blacks at 208.75. 647 exotic steers at 192 and 75. These light heifers under 475 on the good quality. 194 to 215. 475 to 550 from 184 to 195. And the 550 to 7s from 170 right up to 183. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest pork prices are unavailable today. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence, olympic-buildings.ca. Canadian exports of crude oil by rail are bouncing back. They hit an eight-year low in July. The Canada Energy Regulator says rail shipments of oil in September amounted to 94,440 barrels per day, nearly double the 51,000 shipped in August. Only 39,000 barrels a day were shipped in July. That's less than a tenth of the record 412,000 a day moved by rail in February. Rail transportation of crude oil is considered to be more expensive than shipping by pipeline. The easing of COVID-19 restrictions meant fewer businesses closed their doors in August. Stats Canada says there were 34,126 business closures in August, a 2.7% decline from July and 14.2% lower than prior to the COVID-19 pandemic in February. Stats Can says the decrease may also be attributed to the fact that businesses that were least able to adapt to the pandemic had already closed up shop. Canada's main stock index edged lower amid losses in the energy sector, while U.S. stock markets climbed higher in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was down four points at 17,346. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 37 points at 29,909. The S&P 500 Index was up 11 points at 3,640. The Canadian dollar traded at 77.04 cents U.S. compared with 76.85 cents on Thursday. The January crude oil contract was down 40 cents at 45.31 a barrel, and the January natural gas contract was down 11 cents at 2.85 per MMBTU. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri News report at 3.45 p.m. Monday morning, there's another Agri News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good day. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.